Hi and welcome to The Connected Generation. My name is Nikia Anani and I'm your host. Today we'll be speaking about women and the role of women in our family businesses, particularly in Africa. 2020 has been interesting. (laughs) To say the least, it's been this year where we're being forced to confront long-standing generational issues like racial injustice with you know the black lives matter movement which we saw and then closer to home in africa we've been inspired by blm and then we had you know lots of people clamoring against gender sexual violence and sexism and i was asking myself why this why now and i came to the conclusion that one of the blessings i hate to say that but one of the blessings of covid19 is the gift of time with you know so many people working from home socially distancing some unfortunately have been laid off work has a globe we've really had time to ingest the outrage that was the death of George Floyd and it just brought to the surface all this suppressed anger I think we had all kind of become quite desensitized to issues of injustice not just of race but gender and other types of injustice but this one came at the right time And now, you know, it's been a couple of months now, but we've been forced to have conversations on how can we improve our world to make it a fairer place. And in that vein and in that spirit, I really believe we need to be having similar conversations about our family businesses, our African family businesses, and specifically about the topic gender. Many businesses on the continent will explicitly exclude women from leadership roles. Often, you know, this goes to the oldest boy. I've seen situations where the daughter is explicitly told by family members, you cannot work in the business because you're a girl. You cannot inherit assets because you're a girl. The thing is... We have a huge paradox at play in Africa, and that is that in Africa, we see the highest rate of female entrepreneurship globally. So in Nigeria, specifically, we have 40% of businesses are female-owned. But when we look closer at these numbers, most of these businesses are smaller-sized businesses, and not to denigrate or to downplay the importance and the positive impact these businesses are having in communities, in the economy, to their families, because I think that 40% statistic is quite inspirational in itself. But the truth of the matter is that quite often when we look closer, we see that barriers are placed against women in family businesses excluding them from leadership positions, particularly in the larger, internationally active family businesses. 
which is a huge shame. And then beyond that, unfortunately, as well as there being, you know, these explicit outright limitations, these barriers placed on women, women also place limitations on themselves, or shall I say on ourselves, because I'm one of you. And I've experienced it and been through it myself where, you know, you, you one is not aware of the level of societal conditioning and reinforcement that is out there. And so we may excuse ourselves from these roles. We often see the case, particularly where, you know, for instance, the family business is in quite a male-dominated industry, you know, like a traditionally male industry. I really dislike the term, it's the man's world, but a lot of the rules of the business game are set and maintained by men. It's the truth. So daughters that may have watched their daddies negotiating business deals late in the night at bars or in male-dominated social clubs and just are like, automatically, I'm out, peace. (laughs) This one is not for me. They just excuse themselves from the prospect of ever being a successful family business leader. And just to speak to that a little bit, I think a lot of us fall victim to projection inaccuracies. What am I talking about? By that, I mean that we typically form expectations of our future based on our experiences in our past, right? So it's difficult as a young woman in a family business that has quite male-dominated practices to envision a future in which the business can be run under different rules, different paradigms, and different influences. It's really quite difficult to to envision that, right? And unfortunately, as a result of this projection error, we make an informed decision, arguably a wrong decision. It's like when investment analysts will say that historical results are no indicator of future performance. They always have this disclaimer on the analysis of stocks and things like that. So historical results are no indicator of future performance. But time and time again, we all refer back to historical performance when we're looking to which stock to buy, right? As a proxy, as a basis to make an informed decision. So as a young woman in a family business, we may place limitations on ourselves, assuming that the future business will see incremental changes. Whereas I believe that the reality is that the business will be subject to radical changes as we transition across from generation one to generation two. Crossing that bridge across the generations, it requires a change in culture, a change in approach, a change in perspectives, and a change in priorities. So we may just need a bit of a mindset shift, a mindset makeover, some inspiration to take away limitations in our minds to envision a business that we've never seen, right? 
I was reading a book a couple of years ago that really stuck with me and it was on daughters, um, daughter successes in family businesses around the world. And there was this particular case study that referred to a Chinese successor who was a successor in a construction business. And she was always quite worried about um, being the CEO of the business because she had watched her father you know, um, negotiate deals with government officials in boys' clubs and things like that late in the night. And she just didn't feel like she had it within her to navigate th- those circles. Interestingly, she changed the game when she became the CEO. She changed the structure of the organization such that she didn't deal much with the government relations and business development. She oversaw the strategy and she managed a team that handled that. So the point is, I think we need to be inspired to see things in, to envision different possibilities. A business that we may not have necessarily experienced and seen, things can be done differently. Sometimes... I think we can come to the wrong conclusion about our capabilities because we wrongly assess ourselves. A lot of us don't know who we are. We don't know ourselves. And we can judge ourselves as incapable when the evidence may suggest otherwise, right? As women, we tend to be quite risk-averse as a gender and we don't want to risk not being successful at something, right? So women tend to shy away from aspiring from leadership roles. We don't tend to be as confident as men. And I see it a lot where a lot of us understate our value and are often our harshest critics. But the truth of the matter is, we have to rightly assess ourselves and evaluate ourselves and understand that we are important and not only important, we are critical in our family businesses, both on the front line, in the business, maybe as a CEO, but also in the war strategy room, behind the scenes. So in the war strategy room, away from the front lines, we may not be visible, but women are critical. We're often the glue that holds together the family. And the whole concept of family in Africa is different. <laughs> it's different compared to so many other cultures. It's just so complicated. We, we tend to have larger nuclear families, more integrated, extended families that are also larger. <laughs> and then we have this whole, you know, world of non-family family, right? So defining family can almost be philosophical, right? Whilst many that we may consider family are not necessarily bloodline relatives or in-laws, right? I was on a call the other week with a lady in Switzerland and I was trying to explain, you know, how things work with respect to non-family family. It was quite difficult to articulate 
The truth is, in Western cultures, the definition of family is pretty straightforward and quite neat. And it's not at all over in this side of the world. Oftentimes, it's us women, wives, daughters, that navigate this complex web called the African family skillfully, (laughs) putting out conflicts, leading with empathy, using emotional intelligence to manage the various mini-tribes in the family and promote harmony. And when we think of the 2% phenomenon, only 2% of African family businesses historically have transitioned successfully to beyond the founding generation. It's not just because, that 2% is not just because of weaknesses of the business, which we do tend to see, but often it's the weaknesses in the family that hinder the multi-generational continuity of the business. So let's think about it. The founder is central, not only to the business, but often to the family. Usually it's the father, right? And it's easy to know what the founder wants during his or her lifetime. Um, Assuming it's the father, he's typically very direct and all family members accept whatever he wants. But unfortunately, when he transitions, family members now lack clarity in absence of family governance, in absence of, you know, strong communication. Typically, we'll have no clarity on vision, values, purpose, objectives, and with the complexity that is the African family, it can lead to so much infighting on how to run the business, on how to divide the assets, and so on and so forth, and it can bring everything to grind halt. So women are critical. And then now looking to the impact of women in the business, there have been studies demonstrating that female leadership matters and it does have an impact. Positive correlation between female involvement and business performance. For instance, there was a study by McKinsey that saw that in African family um, firms where we have higher numbers of female reps on the board or in the exec committees, we would see 20% higher profits compared to the industry standard. So when we think about where we are right now in this VUCA world, volatile, uncertain, complex, ambiguous, it's giving rise for a new breed of enterprise leader that possesses empathy, humility, influence, and resilience. And I believe that a lot of these qualities come quite naturally to women. But as I said, a lot of us don't know who we are. We don't know what we possess. There's this quote by Diane Marie Child that says, a woman is the full circle. Within her is the power to create nurture and transform and I do hope that in this disruptive hour that we awaken to the power that we possess and the potential that we carry to nurture and transform our family businesses to transition across generations both at the family level and at the business level. 
But part of this awakening, it requires that we become more courageous and actively negotiate the obstacles that face us. Because when we look back at history, devastating events have often provided the right context to provoke transformation on both a societal level and on an individual level. For example, the last huge pandemic that we we tend to hear so much about in the news these days is the 1918 Spanish influenza. It was a great catalyst for American women socially and financially. It led to this whoosh of entrance of women into the workforce because there were large worker shortages, because men were disproportionately affected by the flu. And at the same time, World War I was, being, um, was going on. So a lot of the men were, being, were encrypted to war and were fighting on the battle lines. So it then led to a new social norm, giving rise to increased advocacy for gender rights. Two years later, in 1920, the 19th Amendment was ratified and women were granted suffrage. They were given the right to vote. Isn't that incredible? Similarly, this current pandemic, which is devastating, we can all accept that, it may just provide the right context to transform the role of women in family businesses in Africa. We can start a new social norm through reinvention, rediscovery, and renegotiation to see transformation. And moments of disruption provide great conditions for reinvention, rediscovery, and renegotiation. Having an awakening of the way we women see ourselves is part of the equation, but critical to seeing this transformation is where we actively dismantle the barriers erected against women. So I believe it is time for us to have that conversation on how can we provide more diversity, inclusion, and empowerment of women in our family businesses? Because it makes no sense to exclude half of our talent pool from leadership and ownership. It makes no sense when so many family businesses struggle with attracting and retaining talent. So excluding half of the talent pool is not only unjust, but as data suggests, it is also detrimental to the family business. Like Black Lives Matter, we will need allies. We will need male allies that champion this cause. And we individually and collectively find and project our voices to negotiate these obstacles. Moments of disruption provide excellent opportunities for transformation. In this very disruptive hour, may we seize the opportunity to redefine, reinvent, and renegotiate our family businesses. To not only be more diverse, but to also be more inclusive and empowering to all. I'll leave you 
with a quote as I close by Marianne Williamson, which I just absolutely love. And it says that when a woman rises up in glory, her energy is magnetic and her sense of possibility is contagious. May we women, may we rise up in glory and have a huge sense of possibility as we renegotiate, we redefine and reinvent our roles. Thank you so much for tuning in this week. Take good care and God bless you.